On this episode, Josh and I talk about our week of prayer and fasting. We talk about some misconceptions around fasting, what fasting actually is, and why we should do it as a Christian and corporately as a church. So I hope that you'll use the prayer and fasting guide. want to really encourage us to be doing that. That's on our website under events. Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God and being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. I'm Mike Dahl, and here with me today is Josh Howith. How's it going? Good. You? I'm doing all right, man. I'm I'm getting hungry. It's almost lunchtime. Yes. So, yes. so this is kind of fitting that we're I, talking about fasting. I love it that we're talking about fasting right before lunchtime. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah. Perfect timing. So we all want to know, Mike. I mean, you are a foodie. Uh, I think you're a foodie. You and Anthony Perez are two I, of the most foodie I people I know. I aspire to be the foodie okay. level of Anthony. But you have a lot of opinions about food. I, I guess do. I'll say that. So, I do. Uh, since we're going to talk about not eating food, I thought it'd be appropriate to find out what is your favorite food or go-to spot to eat out? Oh, Josh, this is an awesome podcast episode. Yeah. We could talk about this for a long time, have graphs and analysis. I, I thought I'd start with the hard-hitting questions first. This is so first. good. Yeah. Uh, favorite food places are many in the greater Portland area. Man, I have been finding myself longing for good burgers, as I normally do. Wow. And Killer Burger, for those that haven't frequented Killer Burger, you need to. And as we're going to talk about fasting here, we're going to get to the end of the story first. I would encourage you to be thinking about how you're going to break your fast. Gresham Bible Church. I don't know Church. if you want to break your fast with Killer Burger. Yeah, I don't know. It might mess with you so, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that is for you know maybe the problems. extreme scenario. But uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of cheeseburgers. A few guys at Gresham Bible Church and I have had a burger quest for years where we have analyzed why different burgers are the best. So if anybody at GBC, if you want to talk with me about your favorite burger place, I'd love to hear about it. Love to compare notes. It is a worthy quest. I'm a little disappointed you didn't say tacos. You have a well, sign in your office that says, I love tacos. And I do. And I do. Yeah. yeah I don't feel like... I don't like, even know who you are anymore. I know. Yeah. I don't feel like that's an either or scenario. You can love <laughs> burgers and tacos just like your kids. You, oh, you can, can love them all. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's actually good, yeah. good to know. Great analogy. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So Gresham Bible Church, this is our week of prayer and fasting from March 1st through March 7th. And on today's episode, we want to talk about this week of prayer and fasting. Why are we doing this as a church? You might be thinking a week what are we thinking? Maybe you've thought about fasting for a day before, maybe not. So Josh and I want to spend some time talking today about why we're doing this together as a church and to dive into what fasting actually is. So I hope if you're listening to us today and maybe you have some hesitancy around this or this feels legalistic to you, we just want to talk together as a church about why this can be a powerful week for us together as a church family. So that's what today's episode is about. So first, Josh, would you mind sharing kind of your experience with prayer and fasting? Yeah, I honestly didn't practice fasting much in my life until we were in Corvallis and planted a church. And uh, through the encouragement of other people we had on our staff that I was serving with, um, they really introduced the idea of how important this would be for our church to corporately fast and seek God together intentionally. So we did that every January for a week. And 
honestly, it was probably one of my favorite weeks of the year every time. Uh, doesn't mean I didn't, it's not that I enjoyed not eating food or something like that, but I mean, just, just the, the unity that we experienced. And I think as a pastor as well, there is just something really powerful about knowing that everyone in the church uh, is seeking God together, that we're, we're doing this together. And that is, that's pretty awesome, honestly, just to say the least, um, to consider how we're doing that. And basically, uh, we used to do, I think when I was a youth pastor in the Bay Area, we would lead, me and my wife, we would lead our students to do um, that World Vision, 30 Days of Famine. So that was kind of my first experience, fasting from food for the sake of raising funds to help hungry kids around the world. That was a different purpose than what we did in, at the branch in Corvallis, because there we were doing it for more spiritual purposes, I think, in a, to a degree, and, and wanting to pray specifically about certain things together as a church. So my experience, like I said, I guess it's been one of the most joyful things that I've found as a practice in my life when we do it. And you kind of are more in tune with God through that week. Um, I think God has really revealed things about my own appetites for the world through those experiences that really kind of, you know, pry away from myself different cares and worries that I have. So that's kind of vague, I know. And I think that's what's hard about fasting a little bit is sometimes you come out of it and um, there is a bit of a vagueness there, but you you do really have the sense like, wow, that was really helpful in my relationship with God. So what about you though? I mean, I, it's just, I mean, I guess you're kind of the expert on fasting. So uh, no, I mean, <clears throat> an expert on food really as we talked about us, earlier. Great. Yeah. So fasting for me has some baggage with it because of how I grew up uh, in my church tradition I grew up with and in my own self-righteousness. So it has felt like for me something to accomplish or like a pin you put on your letterman's jacket as a Christian. Like, yeah, I fasted. I really love Jesus. So if I'm being really honest, that's been a, uh, a challenge for me or a hurdle I've had to um, get over. And what has helped me get over is seeing it in God's word that it is not something that's an add-on that's just religion that we're doing something for God like look how much I love you God I'm not eating from sun up to sundown today as some other religions do right this is gospel centered and so I just want to ground us together in a church as a church uh, briefly so we all know Matthew 6 the Lord's Prayer right after the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, Jesus says to his followers, when you fast. He doesn't say if you fast. He says when you fast. So think about how good Jesus is and all he's done for you as a Christian. He says when you fast, that means it's good for you. He wants us to fast because it's good. And so just leaning into that has been life-changing for me as a believer on multiple fronts. And one of them is fasting, that Jesus is so good. And when he, he tells us something, it's for our good. And so I would encourage us as a church, maybe you're like me, maybe not. But if you have any kind of questions around fasting, just go to God's word. It's there. So look for yourself, put your finger on the page in Matthew 6 and see it. And then also when we look at the early church after Jesus ascends back into heaven, like in Acts 13, so the early church is you know, the gospel spreading out through times of persecution and they're praying together. And in Acts chapter 13, it says that they were praying and fasting together 
and then they send out Paul and Barnabas for the spread of the gospel. So you can see that pattern starts in Matthew 6, when you fast, and then even already that first generation of believe, believers in the early church, they're fasting and praying, and God uses that for his purposes. So um, I just want us as a church to see fasting as something good that's gospel-centered, that is a worshipful response. Uh, I know for me, I mask and numb my need for God in multiple ways. Some some I'm, I'm aware of and some I'm not. And so when we put something off to remind ourselves of how much we need God, like food, that's a good thing for your soul and a good thing for our church family. So that's kind of my my quick hit on that. No, that's really good. Yeah, I, um, I'm stealing this from uh, David Mathis wrote uh, a helpful spiritual disciplines book called Habits of Grace. It's one of my favorite books uh, that's a spiritual discipline book, but in there he has a, a chapter on fasting. Uh, I can't remember the title, but it's a good title. But he has he pulls out from the Bible just different ways that you see fasting utilized. Um, I thought this might be helpful. He says that in the Bible you see it used in strengthening prayer. You see that in like Ezra, Joel, and Acts 13, like you said. Seeking God's guidance. You see that in Judges. Fasting is a form of expressing grief. You see that in the book of First and Second Samuel, of seeking deliverance or protection. He says you can see that in Second Chronicles and Ezra expressing repentance and returning to God. You see that in Jonah and 1 Samuel. Humbling yourself before God. You see that in 1 Kings and in the Psalms. Expressing concern for the work of God. You see that in Nehemiah and Daniel. Ministering to the needs of others in the book of Isaiah. Overcoming temptation and dedicating yourself to God in Matthew 4. And finally, he says, expressing love and worship to God in Luke 2. So in the Bible, I just think it's good to point out that fasting isn't a one-dimensional thing, but it's actually a uh, like a, a means of grace that God has given to us to exercise all of these different things. And sometimes it's it's a very joyful, almost like joyful expression. Other times it's a very, like a grief um, sort of expression. So, because I mean, we're talking about like, what is fasting? Well, I think fundamentally it's, it's a means of God's grace. It's a spiritual discipline. You know, it's a means of grace that God has given to us to take advantage of in, um, in really recognizing it's, it's a gift from his hand in order for us to, to pray, uh, to hear from him in a more intentional way. And I think it's important to realize that because, I mean, let's just be honest, like this is probably one of the most neglected spiritual disciplines in our Western society. Definitely. What you say, I mean, so yep. it's interesting how this, uh, practice has been a part of the church from the beginning. I mean, you just quoted Jesus, Matthew 6, saying, when you fast. I mean, people have been doing this forever in relation to God. We see it all over the Bible. We just read a list. So it's fascinating to me, and this is very true of my own life, it's not a normal practice. And so um, it's just worth pointing out that the Bible assumes we'll do it, and there's good reason for it. And so it's something that we need to kind of recover, I think, in our generation. Definitely, definitely. So Anything in terms of uh, misconceptions, Josh, that you've seen or heard in your own heart around fasting? So Gresham Bible Church, this is our week of, of prayer and fasting. We want to be doing this together as a church family. There's so much good in this, and I'm so excited for us as a church to be doing this. But maybe, Josh, what would you say about any of those misconceptions around fasting? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's quite a few. Some seem more minor than others. I do think some people can see fasting as a personal benefit, you know. 
they they want to get healthier. I mean, nowadays, I mean, you even see as like, fasting is encouraged by doctors and things like that. Um, and so I think for some some people, they can almost use it as a, a physical benefit. And that's not what we're talking about at all. But yeah, I think there's a lot of other misconceptions. I think some people can, can think of fasting as uh, like a bargaining chip with God. I'm going to fast because I, I want something. And, and this maybe is like some... In, in some weird way, like a form of leverage in my mind to get what I want, and God's going to give it to me. Um, and there's so there's no promises here that when you pray about something that just because you fasted, that God is going to give you that thing. We know God is good. He's a good Father. He, we don't ask for a piece of bread and He gives us a stone or a snake. And so unanswered prayers are actually God being good to us. And that's often hard to even process depending on what we're praying about, but. Um, so we just, I think a misconception is that we could see it as a bargaining, bargaining chip and it's just, it's just not, but there's others. What comes to mind for you? Yeah, that's really helpful. That's the main one. Uh, for me, we probably don't want to see that in ourselves or confess that that's there, but it's there in all of our hearts that if we do this thing for God, then we're going to get something in it. Like we're putting money in the um, piggy bank with God. And that's not our heart in this Gresham Bible church. This is a time for us to come together as a church to practically express how much we need God. And fasting is a tool to help us do that. So it's not something that we lean into in our own strength. It's not something that earns God's favor. You don't get an extra pin on your letterman's jacket. This is just reality. Each of us need God and we have to uh, know that, believe that, feel that. So I'm excited to see as a church uh, what we're going to be learning together um, through that time. I think the one of the misconceptions is something you keep touching on in that illustration of the pin on the letterman's jacket, which I don't know. Maybe it's because I didn't get any of those. has a letterman's jacket, but uh, letterman's jackets are you must sweet. have been a great athlete. I didn't have any letterman's no. jackets. So um, anyway, uh, but yeah, I think people can view fasting as a form of like self right as a way to like improve my righteousness. Yes. It's kind of like, yeah, I need the gospel, but fasting is really going to make me acceptable to God. Or, you know, I'm, I'm really a more mature Christian now because I am actually fasting. I've never done that, and I really want to up my game, or I'm in Christianity 401 class now. You know, this kind of mm-hmm. thinking that is just programmed into our way of life, like, because that's true for a lot of things that we enter into. Uh, you kind of enter at an entry level, and you kind of make these steps to grow, whether that's in your workplace or as an athlete. I mean, every thing that we function in in society has levels to it, and so we falsely think in Christianity there's like these levels to it. Where we're just talking about fasting is actually Christianity 101. And it doesn't, it's not a way for me then to present myself as I'm a better Christian than you or something like that. If that's my perception about fasting, I'm actually completely missing it. Well said. Because it has nothing to do with like me. It's actually, I'm, I'm in fasting, I'm trying to direct my eyes away from myself, not put them, put everybody else's eyes on me. And so I think that's, that's one misconception that most people would never acknowledge, but I think is a battle. It's a battle when you, every time you are fasting, it's, it's, you almost want to name drop it. Oh, I was just fasting the other day. You know, this kind of stuff. Hashtag humble brag. Yeah, totally. And so I fasted for, without food for 40 days once or something. I didn't, but uh, we can use it in that way and we're missing it. Yeah. So, so Gresham Bible Church, we want to encourage you to be using the prayer and fasting guide as you go through this week. 
again, the goal isn't about our performance. It's about just knowing tangibly our need for God for each of us personally, for us collectively as a church, and it's about progress. So maybe you've never fasted once in your life. That, you know, don't let that stop you now. Maybe for you, progress is going to look a little bit different than for someone else, and that's okay. We're wanting to do this together in a way where we're expressing our need for God. And think about the benefits of that for your own soul's sake and for us as a church family. So, uh, Josh, how would you help us think about, you know, what is fasting? Yeah, I think it's important to realize that in the Bible, um, fasting is abstaining from food. And I know we live in a day where, because I think fasting is falling on a hard, you know, a rock and hard place, or it's it's not really a common practice for us, we're kind of nervous about it, and so we we fast from things like cookies or I tacos, don't know, tacos, yeah, you know, things that you're like, that's good, but I mean, it's not really changing your life all that much. And I think that's where we get in that misconception again that I want to do this for a physical benefit for me, like. Maybe you shouldn't eat as much cookies anyways. At least I know I probably shouldn't eat as many cookies as I do. So so it's it's abstaining from food, at least in the biblical sense. And I think that's really important because uh, you're fasting from something you need. And when you fast from something you actually need, you're getting more to the core of fasting. Because you're saying, I actually need this, but God, I recognize that I need you more than I need food. That when I my stomach, you know, we're coming across lunchtime here, like my stomach was going to start growling and my body is going to tell me, you need food, you're hungry. And when I fast from food, I need to be reminded, and this is a powerful thing that happens in my life, is it reminds me like, wow, I feel like I actually need food more than I need God, but the, it couldn't be more opposite than that. You know, and, the, and we have Jesus stand up and say, I am the bread of life. You know, if you come to me, you will never hunger or thirst again. And fasting helps me do that. So biblically, I just think it's important to say it is fasting from food. Now, I think it's an, it's helpful to think through how there's other ways we can fast. And we've talked about this, but I think it, whatever we do fast from, I think it should be creating space in our lives. Yep. So um, we've, uh, I think David Platt, um, we've, we have it in the prayer and fasting guide that, that went out to everybody for this week, but he uses the acronym FAST, F stands for focus on God, A stands for abstain from food, S stands for substitute time with prayer and the word, and T stands for taste and see that God is good. And so that S is what we're talking about, that the practice of fasting is actually where I'm creating space in my life to substitute that time with seeking the Lord in an intentional way, prayer, the word, that kind of stuff. So if I'm fasting from something that's not creating space in my life, then I'm not really fasting I'm just going without something because of some reason that I think it's going to benefit me in. Does that, does that make sense? No, yeah. it totally does. And that's very, very helpful. And when we think about fasting, it's hard to like just think about it as one thing because it's connected to prayer and fasting. So it's not just about the putting off. It's about creating that space, that awareness, that hunger for God. And so I want us to think about as a church, we're fasting for a purpose and that's so that we're aware of how much we need God. And then you're filling that space each day and during your week, Gresham Bible Church, 
with prayer, with God's word, focusing on him. So in the prayer and fasting guide, we've written that to direct our prayers by using God's word. Of course, you're going to be praying in addition to that, but use that guide to pray through specific passages of scripture. You're going to be guided in prayers, praising God for how great he is, uh, confessing and repenting of us treasuring other things more than God, and then of focusing on specific prayers, uh, using those passages of scripture to inform those prayers. We want to be praying God's word. So if you're starting to pray for a particular circumstance in your life or maybe something, even a a need or desire for our church, let's be praying how God's word informs us how to be thinking even about that thing. So there's so many benefits to us as a church doing this week of prayer and fasting. I know our desire is this becomes kind of an annual rhythm or norm for this, just thinking not just about now. Think about five years from now. What can your life look like? What can our life look like together as a church to have that regular pattern and practice of prayer and fasting, of knowing just how much we need God? Because if this last year and a half has taught us nothing else, hasn't it really taught us how much we need God? Yeah. Uh, just really quick to go back a little bit on fasting itself, what it is, because I think it's at least we need to point out that fasting from food especially is maybe not something that everyone should do. Now, I also recognize that when I say that, at least in my experience, it uh, if I'm just being blunt, people quickly want to use that, like, well, I probably shouldn't, you know, and I would say that's actually more rare than common, uh, m- almost most most people can go without food for a day, a week, a month even, and you're going to be fine. But at this, with the right drinking of water and juice, even that kind of stuff. But at the same time, not everyone should fast. And so um, if you have medical conditions that um, your doctor would say this actually wouldn't be good for you because of medication you take or whatever, then then you should not fast from food, but something else, or if you have a bad relationship with food, um, if it's been an idol in your life to a degree of where uh, it's done damaging effects, you know that there's just issues there, then uh, you would really want to consider if this is going to spiral you into maybe those those bad relationships again with food where you, you worry about eating it too much or you overly count your calories, that kind of stuff. I think um, you I wouldn't probably be somebody who would encourage you to practice fasting in that way. So I think it's at least worth saying that, but um, because there is other forms of fasting. I love Martin Lloyd-Jones. He just has a quote that says, fasting should really be made to include abstinence from anything which is legitimate in and of itself for the sake of some special spiritual purpose. So at the end of the day, I just think we want to acknowledge that, that I'd say most people can fast from food, and I think it's a good challenge to try to participate in that, but not everybody should. And whether that's for a health reason or the bad relationship you've had with food. And uh, just, I would just encourage you to do so from something that makes space in your life. So I just want to reiterate that is all. That's so helpful. Yep. Thank you, Josh. Very, very helpful. Yep. So Gresham Bible Church, want to encourage you this week to be participating, engaged with this week of prayer and fasting in your life and then do it together. The name of our podcast is Life Together. So let's do a week of prayer and fasting life 
together as a church. The prayer guide will help you and tee you up in certain ways. Do this together with um, your brothers and sisters in Christ at Gresham Bible Church. And as we draw this episode to a close, I want to read a passage of scripture that has been particularly relevant and encouraging for Josh and I recently, and I hope it encourages you for this week of prayer and fasting. Towards the end of Ephesians chapter 3 and verses 20 and 21, it says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So Gresham Bible Church, let's be praying that like we actually believe that because it's true, that God is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. So thanks for joining us today on Life Together. Again, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments from the discussion in today's podcast. You can reach out to me at mike at greshambible.org, or we'd also love to hear any feedback about the podcast or any ideas you might have for a future discussion and future episode. And then lastly, we want to give a huge thank you and shout out to our friends at Humble Beast for the great music that actually makes this podcast sound good. So thank you, Humble Beast. Until next time, thank you, Gresham Bible Church. Thank you.